0: Hey, what's up guys? I'm Austin. And I'm Alicia. And we are the Darrow's. This is the Darrow's podcast where we help families navigate scripture to live godly lives by discussing all things family and faith unfiltered.
1: In this episode, we talked about the roles of husband and wife in marriage.
0: Thank you so much for listening to our podcast. Right now, we are in part two of our marriage series. Last week, we defined marriage as the covenantal union of one man and one woman for life. This week, we're going to talk about the specific roles of husband and wife. But first, we must start, as I write in the air, we must start with what we're drinking tonight. So, Alicia, would you like to introduce us to the drink of choice, or the drink of choice because we don't have much else?
1: (laughs) (laughs) We're drinking Tom Sims, Kentucky Straight Bourbon Whiskey. Aged for six years.
0: Give me some flavor profile, babe. What we what we thinking?
1: Um, it's kind of sweet, as most bourbons are. Um, yeah, that's really all I have to say about it.
0: it it's definitely, it's definitely a young whiskey. Like I don't know if if any of you drink um, alcohol, specifically whiskey, and you've had. Uh, really old whiskeys versus younger whiskeys younger whiskeys have that one they're usually a higher alcohol content and they and they have more bite which this isn't too bad for a six-year I would say but the thing about it um, is that is that it does have a bit of an alcoholic kind of like burn the nose kind of smell to it but it smells a little bit like maple syrup
1: yeah it does to be honest
0: Tastes a little bit like it too.
1: All right, let's get into today's
0: episode. Yeah, all right. So uh, make sure to grab yourself a drink uh, of any kind. It can be water too. And let's jump right into it. So first, we want to define two terms and let you guys know which one of these we actually hold to so that you can understand our premise in this episode. Those two terms are complementarianism and egalitarianism.
1: So, first, complementarians believe that men and women are both equal in value and worth, but they have different yet complementary, or complementary, sorry, supporting roles in marriage, family life, and the church. Meaning each gender has specific roles that benefit one another and their family. These verses, Genesis 2, 18 through 25, which talks about how God made woman to be a helper for man, and then Ephesians 5, 21 through 33, which talks about how women should submit to their husbands and men should love their wives. We talked about that verse in a lot of detail last week, if you want to go back and listen to that podcast. Um, But these scriptures support this complementarian belief. And there are a few others that we'll go into more detail on in this episode. Egalitarians believe men and women are both equal in value and worth, and their roles are interchangeable. They believe that men and women can both hold church leadership positions, um, their roles are based on ability and not necessarily based on gender, and that spouses are equally responsible for the family. And now a verse that is generally used to defend this view is Galatians 3.28, which says, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There's neither slave nor free. There's no male and female for you are all one in Christ Jesus. However, We believe the context of Galatians 3.28 is speaking more about having to do with one's salvation, meaning that salvation is no longer just for the Jew, but is also for people, um, for all people through Christ. So it's for every male, every female, every slave, every free person, everyone, not just the Jews, like it was in the Old Testament. And also with that being said, both of these views hold to again that men and women are equal in value and worth the differences the complementarian view says each gender has their own specific roles where egalitarians say anybody can do anything really
0: yeah and um we personally hold the complementarian view Um, we will link to an article that gives Uh, more info on these views in the show notes. Uh, We encourage you to do your own study and see where you stand. This podcast episode is not a comparison of egalitarianism and complementarianism. We can speak on that if you would like in a future episode, um, because I think it is a good topic. But that's not the purpose of this episode. Uh, These are just some terms that we really wanted to clarify on because it helps you understand how, I guess, the lens of which we view Scripture Because I think that's important um, when you're you're talking about these things, um, to understand where we're coming from when we look at these scriptures um, and some of the articles that we talk about. So anyways, now let's get into discussing the roles in marriage. Uh, First and foremost, what does it mean to be a godly husband? Um, Being a godly man is first and foremost being the head of the household, meaning being the leader of the family as described in Ephesians 5.23, but also we are called to love our wives as Christ loved the church. We should also not be harsh with them, as Colossians 3.19 says, which is husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Very clearly laid out there. Um, It is important as men that we understand that being the head of the household and the leader of your wife does not and let me repeat, does not make you a dictator or give you the ability to be abusive to your wife. 1 Peter three seven says, Likewise, husbands, live with your wives in an understanding way, showing honor to the woman as the weaker vessel since they are heirs with you of the grace of life so that your prayers may not be hindered. In Ephesians 5.28 says, In the same way, husbands should love their wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife, loves himself, which I think is just really important. It's understanding that when we look at being the head of the household and your wife submitting, if we take that verse out of context, we can clearly see that when you look at the context of the entire scripture, there are multiple spots where it's very specific about loving your wife and about treating her like you would treat your own body, but even more so um, loving her, right? So uh, lastly, one of the important roles of being a man of the household means being the provider. Uh, 1 Timothy 5.8 says, if anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for his immediate family, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. I just want you guys to sit with that. Worse than an unbeliever. Let's talk about it. I want to be specific here because I think that this can be taken away that um, it isn't meant to be taken. Uh, providing for your family, in my opinion, based on the scripture and based on some of the, you know our conversations together about this uh, beforehand, uh, does not exclusively mean being the main breadwinner for the family. Say, for example, as a couple, you know this is not a cookie cutter thing, right? (laughs) Not everybody's in this situation, but say, say this is you, right? Uh, That you decide that because your, your wife is say a pharmacist making really great money as they do. um, And you are say a handyman or maybe you're a car mechanic, who knows? Um, But you're making much less than, than your, your wife in this situation. You are going to, and, and you decide in this, that you're going to stay home with your children while she continues to leave home to work. Your responsibility is to provide for your family, and if you are making preparations and taking lead of making sure that this will indeed provide the needs for, of your family, then you're doing your duty, in my opinion, and, and based on what I can understand of what the scripture is saying um, and, and where it is explicit about that uh, about uh, this situation. Don't get me wrong, men. This is not a license for you to be lazy at all and let your wife do all the work this is an intentional action that you have come to for the sake of your family. If the decision, though, is for you or your wife to work, and either one is possible, I would always suggest going with your hu- with the husband to be going to work as it will allow the wife to better fulfill her duties and her role, as Alicia will more deeply explain in her part. Um, the point here is that is important, is to not take First Timothy lightly. Use wisdom and discernment to decide your steps forward uh, if this is your scenario, but husbands, at the end of the day, it is your responsibility, your responsibility, I want to make that clear, to provide for your family, and it is on you to make sure that that happens, not your wife.
1: Yeah, I totally agree with what you're saying there. And I wanted to go back a little bit to 1 Peter 3, where you mentioned that women are the weaker vessel. And I wanted to bring up a poem that I wrote a little while back, um, showing my view of what God is saying here. And hopefully that this poem will offer you some clarity and encouragement. Woman made from man, empowered to love unrelentlessly. She is amiable and strong, powerfully reserved and Kind hearted, in her labor, effective, in her attitude, respectful, in speech, voracious, in style, elegant and modest. She is sacrificial, willingly submissive, as a display of righteousness. In her mind, educated, in her spirit, light hearted. She is the weaker vessel, yet co heir with Christ. And I just wanted to say that because even though you may be called the weaker vessel in that verse, it doesn't mean that you have any less value, any less worth. Um, You are strong. You're powerful. You bring so much to the table that men need. Amen. (laughs) And so just just hopefully that that brings a little bit of clarity to you and hopefully that you can receive some encouragement from there. And I just want to talk about, you know, what does it mean to be a godly wife? I wanted to bring up, that the spirit who is in all believers produces these godly characters as mentioned, sorry, godly characteristics as mentioned in Galatians five twenty two through 24. But the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control and against such things there is no law and those who belong to christ have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires so whether you are a man or a woman these are characteristics that you should be displaying in your lives and um, also in ephesians 5 22 through 24 which we discussed in last week's episode, it calls us as wives to submit to our husbands because our husbands are head of the household as Christ is head of the church. Now, the word submit means to arrange under, to subordinate, to yield to one's admonition or advice, to obey or be subject to. And as wives, we are called to selflessly submit to the authority that God has given to our husbands. Again, I'm going to keep saying this, this does not make you any less valuable or any less worthy. And like Austin said earlier, this does not give men permission to abuse the authority that they've given, that God has given him to force you to do things that you don't want to do or that, you know, is ungodly, especially if it's ungodly. Um, and so your opinions matter. And you should share them with your husband. Now, when your husband decides something that he believes God is calling you guys as a family to do, it is our role to selflessly submit to that. Of course, you can bring up your opinions if it's it's something that you don't necessarily agree with and he should listen to you and weigh in what you have to say. But ultimately, He is the one who's leading your family and he is the one who's going to answer to God to the decisions that, um, that he makes for you guys. And I also want to go to Proverbs 31. Most women have definitely either read this or heard this, that this is the ideal woman that you need to be just like her. And I believe that sometimes this passage can give you, um, a sense of like, oh my gosh, I can never live up to that. Uh, but I want you to know that this should be encouraging, that you can see what type of woman you can be, and, um, and that you can definitely just take pieces of it and really truly apply it to your life. And so I'm just going to pull a couple of verses out of it, and I really um, encourage you to go read it thoroughly yourself, study it through, and see how you can apply it. So starting with verse 10 and 11, it says, an excellent wife who can find she is far more precious than jewels the heart of her husband trusts in her and he will lack he will have no lack of gain this means you add value to your husband's life like it is excellent if a man can find a good wife Um, verse 12 says she does him good and not harm All the days of her life. Verse 26 She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. A godly woman does not gossip about her husband. And let me say that again a godly woman does not gossip about her husband. You don't need to go into Facebook groups blasting your husband, okay? (laughs) You should speak goodness about him, lift him up, be gentle, you know. She is gentle and kind and wise with her words and uplifts her husband. Verse 13 says she seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. This means she works willingly and not begrudgingly. This also means she works. Um, You don't have to be a stay-at-home mom. Like, if that's your call, I believe it's an amazing call. And I feel like, I mean, that's honestly, what we chose to do in our family. um, God has blessed us where I am able to stay at home and take care of my daughter. And I think that it is such a blessing to be able to do that. But if that's not possible for your family, it is okay to work. Um, Matter of fact, it is looked good upon. Um, More verses even describe her. As a woman who works out, in verse 17, it talks about how she makes her arms strong. Um she provides food for her household in verse 15. She works hard to sell what she makes and makes wise decisions with money in verses 16, 18, and 24. Um, so like I said, it is okay to work. You know, use your crafts and your knowledge to make money. That's perfectly okay. She also exudes strength and dignity. In verse 25, she's a good role model for her children. It makes her husband happy in a way that he recognizes how blessed he is. In verse 28, and ultimately, as verse 30 describes, she fears the Lord, she reveres the Lord, she honors the Lord, she respects the Lord. And it's important to emphasize the fear of the Lord here. If you love God, and revere his word more than anything. You will live your life for God no matter how your husband, children, or other family members behave, and you will be blessed and your household will be blessed.
0: I think you said it well, and I think it is important for us men to understand these things as well because we need to know that the scripture does not in any way make us greater than women. And you may think that we're harping on this a lot, but I think that it's important because there have been so many instances in the church, especially where this has been taken the wrong way. There's a lot of traditions that have come out of the church uh, that speak, uh, you know, speak this kind of language of you know men being dominating, and and in a lot of ways, people. Can some egalitarians, for example, I I'm mean, in, in, I'm, I'm generalizing here, so, so please forgive me. I'm not trying to say that all egalitarians believe this, but a lot of times they can kind of look at complementarianism and think, "Man, like, like, how can women, how can women do anything in, in the world when when you believe like when you believe that?" And it's 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 having a, a correct understanding. It's understanding too that this scripture is outside of the worldly things that we have now, the worldly context we have now. And, and isn't, it's speaking outside of that, like our understanding of, of our relationship with God, our relationship with each other because of God is different than what we see in the world. Um, and we, and we view it differently. Um, and it's point being with that husbands, we need to understand these things just as much as wives do. Um, and so, we have no right to treat our wives lesser than us. Um, in in wives, as Alicia has stated above, there's a responsibility for you too. But ultimately, it comes back to submitting to your husband's authority, which doesn't mean you are lesser. Um, submitting is specific language, um, and it isn't a bad thing, and it isn't a lesser thing. Um, it's it's actually a glorious thing as far as scripture is concerned. Um, so, husbands. We have the responsibility to love our wives because of these uh, distinctions uh, between us. Um, So, yeah, and we're called to do that well. So what are the benefits of operating in our God-given roles here? The benefit is that you're operating within God's beautiful and perfect design. God has designed man and woman in a very specific way. It was intended to fulfill the plan he had laid out through marriage. Man is designed to be a leader. The head of the household, as well as a woman, as as well as women are made to be empathetic and loving in a way that best suits a mother and a caregiver in the home. That doesn't mean you can, you can't work. We're going to clarify that a lot, but I just want to make it clear. That doesn't mean you can't work. Right. But, These are the attributes that God has given women. Um, It is this being more of a caregiver, more so than men. And I think in a practical level, that's true. And I've noticed it in our own family. Um, These things are not intended to be a way to oppress women and raise up men in any way, because this does not negate worth or give more to one person over the other. This is the design of God and is intentionally done in order to give fulfillment true fulfillment. When we operate in these roles, we find fulfillment in Christ because this is what we were made to do guys, made to do. going against these things may for a moment seem like we're doing something better but we but will ultimately leave us empty and broken inside. When perfectly done, which again, none of us can do it fully and perfectly the marriage relationship is without division, without competition, where the husband compliments the wife and vice versa in all that we do.
1: I definitely agree with what you're saying. When we operate in our God-given roles, we also display His character. We talked about that a lot last week on how one of the purposes of marriage is to display how um, God and it loves the church and how the church loves God. And um, we also talked about how we are image bearers of. God, And as man and woman, we display different parts of God's character because we are designed differently, as Austin was saying. And so when we are operating in the roles that God has truly given us, then we can display his full character in a much better way. And I like that you said that we find so much fulfillment when we do that. And now we want to mention something on a a slightly different topic, but it is still very related. And that is how should your family be prioritized? As a family, it is important that you have your family members and God properly prioritized. First and foremost, God tells us in Deuteronomy 6, 5, you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. And Jesus quotes that in Matthew 22, 37. So no matter what, God should be number one. The man and woman should be seeking a personal relationship with God first, and then all their decisions and actions that they do together should still be putting God first and considering what his word says and considering what he says. God wants for your family. And then after God comes your spouse. And this may be controversial, especially if you're in a household with children. Um, Your children doesn't come or they don't come before your husband or your wife. It's God and then your spouse. You have a covenantal union with your spouse. You made a vow to love them and be with them for the rest of your life. And you know, the husband should love the wife as Christ loved the church, and the wife should submit to her husband as the church submits to Christ. And in those um, analogies, you know, Christ, after God, his first priority was the church. And then the church, their first priority was to submit their lives to Christ. And so if that's the model that we're following, our spouse's Come directly after God. And then after each other come your children. Your children need a healthy, God loving parents who also take time to love each other. When you're loving God and each other before your children, you'll be able to love your children even better out of that overflow. I know for me personally, when I spend less time with Austin or when I'm not in my word and when I'm not seeking God and I don't spend quality time with Austin on a regular basis or throughout the day or whatever. I tend to be more cranky. I tend to be um, less of myself and I might even look at my child with some resentment. Like I have to spend my time with you. I can't spend it with Austin. But if I intentionally make time to spend with Austin and intentionally make time to spend with God, it's easier for me just to love her and spend that quality time with her. After your children, then your attention should be given to your other family members. We're still called to honor our parents. And the passage Austin mentioned earlier in first Timothy, it, um, in that total context, it also discusses taking care of the widows in your family. And so after God, after each other after your children, you still have a duty to, um, serve your family. Um, and then finally we are called to love and take care of our fellow believers. There are many, 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 many serve one another passages throughout the epistles and throughout the gospels. I definitely suggest looking them up. If you literally just Google serve one another verses or search it in the Bible app, you'll see plenty pop up. And, um, after we're serving our fellow members of the church, where to bring the gospel to unbelievers. So, you know, again, that, that order is first God, then your spouse, then your children, the rest of your family, your fellow believers, and then bringing the gospel to the nations and to the world around
0: you. Yeah, I think you made a great point that I think us married people who have children can sometimes forget that our spouses come before our children You may look at me like i'm crazy but or i guess listen to me like you know dude you're crazy but your children are not the center of your life and honestly neither is your spouse but god is first and then from there we are called to heavily to fulfill what god has intended with marriage and only through that can we truly provide and love our children the way god intended
1: yeah, and just before we move on, I just wanted to mention in case you are thinking like, "What my kids really need me and all this stuff," your kids' physical needs need to be met. Like, um, if you only have enough food in your house to feed your to feed one person or two people or whatever, um, feed your kids first. You know, it's yeah. your job to keep them alive and to raise them up to be um, godly beings. Um, so please, 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 please don't get us wrong here. Your kids physical needs definitely need to be met first. Um, but make sure that you're meeting your own emotional needs when it comes to, you know, spending quality time with your spouse and quality time with God.
0: Yeah. I think that here's the thing. It's, we can look at this and be like, you know, we, we like to, as humans. We like to look at things as black and white sometimes. And I think it, it is, but it's not because where it, it can get a little, not gray, but maybe it's a bad analogy. But the point is, is that, yeah, your spouse comes first. But as a couple, when you're in a situation, like you said, I mean, if you've got four kids and you've got four sandwiches left in your house, or four pieces of chicken left in your house. First of all, you could probably split it up a little bit and make it work. But at the end of the day, you're feeding your children. Uh, you're giving them a place to sleep first and foremost, because what, what's happening is that God is first, your spouse is second, but together as a unit, you're then serving your children and you're putting their needs before your own, right? Because that's also something to, to, to remember too, is that nowhere in this list of hierarchy do you see especially I mean even looking just in the top three I don't see me
1: yeah that is so true I
0: don't see me being first that me is, being second me being third fourth fifth like it's yeah, it's not there. That's true. And, and and I think that's important is that as a couple, you're maybe putting each other first, right? Um in husbands at the end of the day you're you're providing for your family, right? But you're at the end of the day, as a couple together, you're coming together to serve your children, not yourselves. Um, now that does mean that, you know, it, it, obviously there's different circumstances, right? We're giving very black and white, very simplistic answers here. Um, but it takes wisdom. Um, and I think that's important is that um, don't stop being, don't be bad parents because definitely you, you, take, you take like, oh, well, um, you know, I I want to spend time with my wife. So um, yeah, I'm just going to ignore my kids. That's not what we mean. It just means your relationship with your, with your spouse, husband, wife, whatever. Um, that relationship is very, very important in order to be better parents.
1: Yeah, for sure. It's, it's more about make time to have quality time don't be so 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 wrapped up in everything that's going on in your children's lives that you don't schedule a date night or you don't um schedule time just to be alone like if you don't have um family members that are willing to help you watch your kids, you know, look into your church. I know it can take a lot to trust someone, but it is worth it. Like you and your spouse are going to be there together forever. Your children are eventually going to leave your house. Um, Make sure that you are building a strong relationship with your spouse.
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, Well, in summary, uh, from what we've talked about, God has designed us man and woman to be distinct in our roles, but equal in our value to Him. Women are called to submit to their husbands, and husbands are called to love their wives as Christ loved the church. Men are not greater than women, and vice versa, and it is important to know that when we follow God's plan, we will live fulfilled marriages and lives because we are following the perfect design of our perfect God and Savior, Jesus Christ.
1: And in order to fully fulfill your role, you must submit to Christ, and that is to both the man and the woman. In order to fully fulfill the role God has given you, you must submit to Christ. Things that Christ asks us to do are often and almost always countercultural, which makes it very, very, very difficult um, for us to do what He calls us to do when we aren't submitted to Him. And when we are fully submitted to Christ, we can trust that he knows what's best, and we can operate in our roles knowing that God is faithful to provide strength, grace, hope, love, and peace in our lives. And um, I just heard something this week about the difference between believing and knowing, and you may know Christ, you may know what he says, um, but when you truly believe him, you act on what you know. Um, And we just heard about You know, doing what the word actually says, not just being listeners and hearers and the the message from church this weekend. So again, just truly submit yourself to Christ and trust that he will provide the strength, the grace, the hope, the love, and the peace that you need to be the man or woman that he's calling you to be.
0: Yeah. And we want to also remind you that we can only speak on these things because of the grace of God through the death and the resurrection of Jesus Christ on the cross for our sins. We are not perfect in ourselves, but are made new creations through him. And this is how we are able to live out his calling on our lives.
1: Thank you so much for listening. For more information about this episode, check out our show notes or our website, wearethedarrows.com. And if you like what you heard click to subscribe and follow our podcast on apple podcast and spotify or wherever you listen to podcasts follow us on instagram at we are the daros for updates and encouragement
0: if you have any questions anything at all you want us to answer or topics you want us to talk about please leave us a voicemail or a text message at 407-476-3434 that's 407-476-3434 it'll also be in the show notes Thanks again for listening to the Darrow's Podcast. Catch you guys in the next episode where we'll be discussing whether or not everyone should get married. See you guys.